You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. select Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPaul11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by... uh, Jets fan, ESPN radio host, host of the Jake Asman show. Jake, how are we doing today? Ah, uh, well, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, OTAs are here. People are practicing in shorts and t-shirts. I mean, it's an exciting time right now. <laughs> it's uh, it's always the time to overreact and, uh, you know, to guys doing barely any football activities. But, you know, today we got a nice Joe Burrows working harder than everybody else for doing wind sprints like every other quarterback does during OTAs. But it's okay. We'll, uh, we'll let the overreactions fly. Um, couple of big storylines, I guess, coming out of last week. And then, you know, the Jets have OT practices today uh, on Wednesday and um, mini camp coming up here. Things that Ken think stood out and want to get your thoughts on. We'll start with Zach Wilson and putting on about 13, 14 pounds of muscle, being out in Montauk this weekend. He's got a new girlfriend. There's a lot going on. Is it, what's your what's your kind of in, you know impressions of hearing Zach speak for the first time, hearing kind of where that weight is at and see him throw a football for the first time in four or five months? You know, I did not realize that he has a new girlfriend. You know, I saw that he was out in Montauk, but you're breaking the news to me. You know, I thought he was still he single. Certainly has a, he certainly has a type. I will tell you that. Yeah, I didn't realize uh, he had a new thing. I just thought uh, all those girls were just his friends that he was hanging out with, with uh, Dan Feeney, Braxton Berrios, and uh, CJ Uzama. But, you know, I, I'm really excited about Zach. Obviously, you don't want to overreact to OTAs, but – it is nice to hear from his teammates and members of the coaching staff that he's processing a lot quicker, that he's been more vocal as a leader. You know, of course you expect that going from year one to year two, but you still want to hear it. And it's nice to hear that he's picking up the offense and you know, that, that, that there's a noticeable difference between how he looked a year ago to how he looks right now, because we all know that's the biggest question with this team. If Zach could take a leap, this team could be pretty good. Honestly, if Zach Wilson plays like he did, for most of his rookie year, this team's going to struggle again. So you don't want to put it all on one player, but he's the second pick in the draft. They believe in him and they gave him help. So for once we can't say, well, he doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. He seemingly has everything we wanted as Jets fans. So, you know, hearing the early reports on Zach, I think has been encouraging. Yeah, I I was, again, I I talked about this on every single, every single show has asked me about this. I think it is a big deal. He's put on weight. Um, I think it's important both for him staying healthy throughout the year, but also being able to, uh, you know, generate more velocity on all these throws. Something last year, his arm talent is serious and you can see it, but, um, you know, he can even get that extra boost, right? And the couple of throws where, you know, 
you, you want to fit in a tight window and you're going to be that guy, you got to be aggressive. You're going to need all the arm strength you get. So um, I think it's important again, processing quicker. I know um, from DJ mentioned on me and DJ's pod, but also other people I talked to I, that practice said that he was moving through reads quicker. Um, they saw the improvement again. It's hard to tell it's seven on seven. It's the first day of like throwing with some of these guys. Um, but again, I think that's obviously important and he's going to be a key and I'm sure you know, there'll be a lot more Zach talks. So I don't want to focus on Zach too much for this episode, just because that's pretty much, it's pretty obvious that he needs to be good. Um, and if he's not, <laughs> there'll be huge issues. Um, one guy I want to kind of ask you about, and I know we talked about this of a bunch when I was on your show during draft season of sauce and whether they were going to go corner. And, you know, I, anyone who listens to Badlands knows initially right after they drafted him, we did a spit take right away. And I was like, eh, I'm excited because sauce is a good player, but like corner didn't feel like, as big of a need as receiver or edge. And then they obviously round out the first round, they get sauce and you feel way better about the pick because they were able to get the edge and the receiver and, and running back as well. Are you just as excited or more excited now, kind of a month out from the draft, seeing sauce in a Jets jersey, he's wearing one, like where, where are your feelings at and expectations, I guess, for sauce and um, in year one and kind of beyond? My reaction was the exact same one that you had the night they picked them just because you wanted them to take an edge rusher there. The thought was, are they going to choose between corner and edge? Because then you knew at 10, all right, well, if they go edge at 10, what are we doing about wide receivers? So knowing how it played out, where they come away with arguably the best corner, the best receiver, a top three, depending on who you talk to, edge rusher in this class, you got to be thrilled about the pick of Sauce Gardner because this guy could come in, and if he's truly as good as some believe he's going to be, I mean, you have a perennial pro bowler now, you know, anchoring a premium position in your secondary him opposite DJ Reed is the most talent the jets have had in a one, two since Revis and Cromartie. And then you factor in the depth they have at that position. I like Bryce Hall. I like Michael Carter as a nickel corner. You know, I, I hell, you know, whatever they do with Pinnock, I thought that was a good find a year ago. Like they're they're the Brandon Eccles of the world are still on this team. So, you know, sauce kind of allows everyone to be slotted where in a perfect world, they should be slotted. So I'm very excited about not just him, but, the corner room in general. Yeah, it seems like from every everything that even came out of, again, the overreaction to day one of mini camps or OTAs is ridiculous. That said, it usually does say something to me when guys look like they belong from practice one. Remember, like a lot of these guys through the draft process, you were doing very little football activity for four or five months. You were traveling constantly. Your life is an absolute shithole because you're literally going team to team. You're putting on a face, basically in a job interview for four months. Um, hearing quotes of towering presence. He's everything the media is hyped up to be. He, this guy was awesome. He was, he strapped Corey Davis the whole time. He had Garrett Wilson. Like, like these are not, these are not, he's not strapping Tariq Black and these guys that he, you know, it's not like that. He's playing against, you know, level of competition, like with Zach. I know Cincinnati was a lot better than BYU, but in general, like that was, that is a, that was a concern for me. You still are playing AAC receivers 90% of the season. And while the Bama game was nice, it's like, can you translate and to translate day one um, again, there's no pads on it's one practice, but like that stuff does, I think that will matter for him because they need him to be good kind of right away. Obviously they have some depth in Carter Eccles and et cetera, but, um, and hall, but you don't draft the guy fourth overall though. This isn't, you know, 1975 where guys can kind of stroll along for four years and then instantly be good. Um, the one other guy I was kind of curious about, cause I feel like he's getting, I feel like he's getting too much hype right now is Michael Clemens. And I know the fan base loves fun quotes and that's that type of year. 
do you have any expectation for him? Because I personally think he's like ninth in the rotation of like guy. There's me four guys on the field, and he's like ninth or tenth. If he contributes, that's a win right there for a fourth round pick. So you look at the depth. I mean, if this was last year, he's probably playing a lot more. But look at the talent they have on the defensive line. Like, and look at the moves they made in free agency. We all know they're getting Lawson back, but you factor that in with they brought in Jacob Barton. You know, they brought in Solomon Thomas. They still have. Sheldon Rankins, JFM, Quinn and Williams. They obviously still believe in Sheldon Rankins to this point. He's on the team. So you just have so much talent there that if he does end up playing, you know, significant snaps, then the hype around him's real. But I'm just tempering Jet fans' expectations just because, yeah, the quotes are awesome. And, you know, people I know that covered him at AM think he has a chance to be a pretty good player, but he's still a fourth round pick. So, you know, you're not, if you're really relying on Michael Clemens to be an impactful player for you, how good is your team? So that's, that's what I would say to, to Jet fans right now. Be excited, but at the same time, understand this guy is probably not getting on the field right away as a fourth-round pick. Yeah, and I also think, like, it's tough when guys look good at seniors. That's great. When you're a 24-year-old, six-year senior that's been arrested twice, I just have a bit of reservation of, like, getting too overexcited about a guy who, like, looks like a grown man. Well, it's because he's older than the Jets rookies from two years ago. Um, <laughs> you know, he's like, he's the same age as Sam Darnold, just for, for comparison, which is weird to think about um to say the least i wanted to kind of hit on one or two of the other free agency guys that we got to see um a little bit you know just in 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 uniform and um it's the two tight ends right so uzama and conklin it feels like everyone has keep using the same quote that they sneaky think conklin's going to have a better impact season than uzama are you in that camp and what do you kind of expect from the tight ends as a whole are you expecting big time production are you expecting them to be league average or like is it just anything's better than Ryan Griffin, Tyler Croft, and Kenny Aboa from last year? I mean, they'll definitely be better than last year, but that that's a very low bar uh, to clear. Look, I, I, I think Daniel Brown bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just it's brutal. What what? And honestly, I, I like Joe Douglas, but a major criticism of him is the tight end group from a year ago. You know, you're an offense that wants to be like the Niners. The Niners use tight end. Zach Wilson did not have a security blanket over the middle. His completion percentage could have been a lot higher if he had a legitimate tight end to check it down to over the middle or run a damn seam route that could you know get open in today's NFL. They didn't have that last year. So the tight ends are automatically going to be better. Uh, I, I like Conklin, but I think Uzama is still the clear-cut best tight end on this team. I mean, this guy's coming off you know a really good season. He's been in an offense with great players around him and still got the ball a lot, which says a lot about the type of player that he is. So I still think Uzama's the guy, but if you look at Uzama's career, he's been injury, uh, you know, injury prone at times. So having that depth with Conklin is awesome. And obviously having the pride of Long Island and Jeremy Ruckert, hopefully getting an opportunity at some point that excites you. So the Jets went from having zero tight ends you trusted to now arguably having three. So it's definitely going to be better than last year, the level of which I guess we'll find out, but I expect tight end to play a major role in this offense. Yeah, I think it's going to be very like week to week, honestly, with the tight ends, because I think there's games where, again, it's nice having an offensive coordinator that I think mostly the NFL is pretty impressed with. Anytime you listen to anything, we're recapping Zach's year. Um, I was listening to, you know, Robert Mays and Nate Tyson do a good job, and they were pretty complimentary before. Like, they, that's his offense. He doesn't run. I mean, he runs the Shanahan scheme in principle, but it's not – and I've said this before, it's like, it is a little bit different. There was a lot of 11 personnel last year, whether it was out of need or not. I think the Jets will use 12 personnel in games where they want to run it down people's throats. But I also think there's games where they're going to spread it out. So it's just going to be week to week there. Um, I want to kind of do a fun exercise with you. I'm going to catch, I wanted to purposely catch you off guard with this. So 
I'm going to give my brother a plug here. The rest of the 33rd teams to scout for them. Did a position breakdown of grading the Jets like position groups. I want you to go either fair, uh, you know, too harsh, or you know, maybe they're too jet. He was too generous. So I'm going to read them out group by group. We'll just go quick, kind of you know whether it's fair or not. Start quarterback. Obviously, the quarterback room as a whole. He went C um, as a C overall. Where do you think you know that kind of you know how does that ranking start out with? Well, I mean, Zach Wilson did not have a good statistical rookie year, but if you expect him to take a leap like most people do, I think the backup quarterback room they have is as good as any in football. you got Joe Flacco, who clearly could come in and win you a game if he needed to play. We saw that last year. He played relatively well given the circumstances. And Mike White beat the defending AFC champs, and if he didn't get hurt against the Colts, who knows what would have happened that night. He knows the offense can make the easy throws. So that's pretty good for a number three quarterback. So if you want to give them a C, you're basically just saying you think Zach Wilson's bad. And, you know, statistically last year, he wasn't good for most of the year. So like that's, you know what I mean? Like I feel like that grade is subject to change instantly if Zach takes a year two leap like we expect him to. Yeah, I'll clarify. These were as presently constructed because obviously if Zach is still a C at the end of the year, we're probably having some interesting conversations on your show and, and mine as well. Running backs, ne- running backs next, he went B plus, um, said – you know, pretty much Brees Hall in the scheme and with the potential of the offensive line. It's a very strong group. How do you feel about this uh, running back group? I feel like I pretty much agree. It could be even get an A by the end of the year if Brees Hall is as legit as we think he is. 100%. You know, obviously Michael Carter, we loved what he did as a rookie. Can he stay healthy? That's a big question. But uh, B-plus seems fair. Look, I mean, as much as we love Brees Hall, he still is a rookie, so you hope that that transition to the NFL, usually for running backs, it doesn't take that long and they hit the ground running, but you know, pun intended. Let's hope he does hit the ground running and and he contributes. But I think B plus is totally fair. This is the one where I think I got the most kind of pushback when I retweeted it, and I understand why. So receivers, he went B minus, with the reasoning being it's just a lot of unproven guys. Whether even as much as we liked Elijah Moore last year, still played like eleven games, maybe I think maybe it's, or maybe it's twelve. But he barely, he missed a lot of time. Obviously, we think Garrett Wilson's going to be good. We are not sure, and obviously Denzel Mims. Again, same thing. Like, I don't even know what, like, is he 2021 Mims or 2020 or somewhere in between? So we're on B minus. This one, I would have gone B, but I get the reasoning why. Because if you look outside of Corey Davis and Barrios, like, it's just a lot of guys who could be good, but you have no idea. I would go B for this. You know, I think it could be even better than that. Obviously, Garrett Wilson, I believe, is going to be a really, really good player for this team for years to come. Um, look, they got to stay healthy. Corey Davis and Elijah Moore both got hurt last year. So that that's a, a big question with this team. Barrios is a solid number four, and I love what he could bring, uh, you know, as a third down receiver. And obviously, he, he's an all pro on special teams. So I think I think B would be fair here, but you can't kill anyone nationally grading the Jets because they're not watching every game like we are. So they got to go based on the stats and they got to go based on, am I going to look stupid if I overgrade a four and 13 football team from a year ago? (laughs) I I totally agree. This is one we kind of just talked about. So we'll fly through this pretty quickly. B plus for tight ends. I actually would have gone a slightly lower on this. I would have gone B um, only from the aspect of, I project Rucker to be really good. I actually think he'll be their tight end one by opening day next year, just because I don't know what the, the way the deals are framed for these the t- other two tight ends. I think Rucker's got a really high ceiling, but you know, I think league average or above league average would probably be a B. So I'm going to go B on this one. So I thought he was slightly generous. What about you? Uh, I would go B or B plus for this one. I, I really like the tight end room. I mean, maybe it's just curious, like, 
we've seen such bad tight end play for so the expectations long. Expectations are so low. That- yeah, it's like, oh wow, we got got like if you combine Uzama and Conklin's stats from last year, like you added like 110 catches and like almost a thousand yards receiving in that room. So you know, that alone has me excited. So maybe I'm overgrading, but I, I think it's a fair grade. So this one I felt like was pretty much if Mackay Becton's good, this move will move to an A. And if Mackay Becton's bad, it'll be it'll be worse. He went B plus here. I'd say B plus is fair just because you quite literally have no idea what you're getting with Mackay Becton. And like it is a huge X factor, whether people, you know, ABT's never played right guard in the NFL. And as much as we love how much he can do, he's that's the third position he's playing in three years. So I thought B plus was fair, but I do, I have said this and I will continue to say this. This group. If they reach their potential, you know, they play they play all these games together and the potential of AVT and um and Becton on one side, Tomlinson and Fan on the other, McGovern's at least a league average center, if not better. Um, I'm not saying he's the best leader in the world, but he is at least a league average center. I think this group could be a top seven, top five group if they really put it together. So B plus is fair for right now, but like the receiver group, I think they could they could raise their game a bit. Yeah, B plus seems fair. I'm actually surprised it's it's as high as it is because of you know, all the questions nationally and from Jet fans about Makai Becton. That being said, if Becton's healthy and AVT makes the transitional right guard, like I think most of us expect him to be fine making that transition, you have fan and you added a pro bowler in Lake and Tomlinson. If McGovern's league average, this is one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, and it's arguably the best O-line group the Jets have had since 2010. Like that's how talented this group could be. Yeah, it's a top five most expensive offensive line. They have Thomason as a first-round pick. McGovern is a top five paid center. ABT was a top 20 pick. Beckton was a top 15 pick. George Fan's going to get a big extension here. I bet you he gets a two-year deal somewhere in that, and we'll find out in June or July um, before the season starts to play left tackle. you believe the Ex- Jets get the extension? Yeah, I think the Jets will give yeah. him a two-year extension. That's my guess. They'll give him a, they'll, he'll play this year on the current money, and then they'll, they'll tack on two more years. Or maybe it's three and you have an out after two, knowing Douglas loves his his two year deal, glorified two year deal, loves the out after two years. Um, Shout out Carlos and Corey Davis, who'll probably get cut if they don't perform. Defensive line, he went A minus. I think this Jets defensive line is not their best position group this year, and they do not play at least an A minus level. We'll get to this late. We'll get to this in the final part of this. There'll be some huge issues. they have the second most expensive defensive line in football. They have invested a ton in this defensive line. And I still feel like they could add a defensive tackle opposite Rankins and Q. Um, it's more of that run stuffer. But, man, A- minus. I feel like is fair, especially not knowing with Lawson. Again, a lot. this is the one thing that I know you've talked about a lot. It is a little tough because every group, it feels like there's one or two guys where it's like, can they stay healthy or are they going to fulfill potential? Um, if Carl Lawson's good, and even like 80% of what we thought Lawson was going to be, this group's an A, A+. Plus. If he doesn't contribute and we still get seven sacks and two random big games from Q and then a bunch of games where he's kind of non-existent and JFM has a bunch of pressures but doesn't you know finish at the quarterback and Bryce Huff only plays six or seven games and shows flashes, like that's where I'll be pretty disappointed. But I think I talked about this on the pod with me and DJ on our pod. I This group has got to be a top 10 group at a minimum in the NFL. So A- minus, I think is fair. How about you? A minus seems very fair given the talent. And if they're not at that level, that's on the coach. As much as we want to talk about these players not panning out, but what's the excuse for Robert Sala last year? He doesn't have the players. Well, they kept the same coaching staff. So you can't say they're learning a new system. There's continuity coming back. Lawson's coming back. 
You added Jermaine Johnson. You added you added Jacob Martin. Quinn Williams is playing for a contract. JFM gets to go back to his natural position. Bryce Huff, when he's healthy, was an effective edge rusher. Like, there's really no excuse for this defensive line group to not be a very good unit, like very good to great unit. And if the Jets want to go over their win total and play meaningful games in December, this defense at times should be able to carry them, especially when you can't use the secondary as a reason why, well, the, you know, the, the secondary stinks. So that's why the defensive line is bad or vice versa. The corner room is vastly improved. The defensive line room is vastly improved. Yes. They might be weak at linebacker and safety, but, those are non-premium positions in this defense. There's no excuse for this defensive line to not lead the way. Yeah, the amount they've invested, the scheme is supposed to bring the best out of all of these guys. This is and something that I think I'll touch more on and we'll touch more on down the road during when we come up, when we do something during camp. This is all Joe Douglas's starters on defense pretty much now. This is all Robert Salas got. Like these are guys they've brought over. This is the second full offseason. This is multiple drafts, multiple free agency periods. It, the excuses of like Mike McCagnon sucked. Like, yeah, man, that was cool. But he was also not the, he was the GM five years ago. Um, so like, let's maybe move on and like, let go of the past a little bit. Um, I think that'd be better for everybody, especially the Jets doing so. This one, I actually think Charlie was a little too generous. Um, he went C minus for linebacker. I would give this a flat D and this is why. I love CJ Mosley. I'm probably higher on CJ Mosley still than probably any person that covers or watches the Jets. And I think it's because he gets zero help. I think he's asked to do almost too much. And I know he makes a lot of money, but he's asked to call every single play. He tells Quincy Williams what's doing every single play. He's organizing all these young guys. He hadn't played football in two years. He still was a top five tackle in football. Yes, the middle of the season was not pretty, uh, but early in the year and, and late in the year, he finished pretty strong when he had missed a one week. Or he didn't miss a week, but he like I think he had a concussion that no one really talked about against Miami and somehow played. But he went C minus. Um, I guess that's probably fair. I'm just really – I. I'm really worried about that other linebacker spot. I know it's not a premium spot, but. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Someone's got to someone's got to play consistent football and not lose run responsibility because as much as we like to blame all these D linemen for the run game, they were getting penetration. Like the linebackers need to fill and so do the safeties and 
those runs against Buffalo and Philly and New Orleans and the Colts game, we're not going to even discuss because that was embarrassing to watch. It was like high school defense. Um, if you if you guess and you know Quincy's really good when he when he guesses right. Um, when he guesses wrong, there is some holes the size of Swiss cheese on the Jets defense. So is C minus fair or am I just being a little bit harsh? Uh, C minus. It might be a little harsh, only because you know I, I think Mosley you know should count for something. Even though you're right, they do ask him to do a lot. I am concerned about a linebacker. My hope is the fact that they have not addressed that position group yet, and I still think they might sign Quan Alexander. We'll see. But I think the fact that they have not addressed it, they didn't address it in the draft, it tells me that they really think Sherwood and Nazodine can play. And if we look at the 2021 draft class, they hit on almost every pick. And obviously, pending Zach Wilson being a franchise quarterback, that's one of the best drafts they might ever have, if not the best draft, given what we have seen so far. So I just hope that Douglas got it right with the two picks last year. I know they're converted safeties playing linebacker. We didn't really get to see them play at all last year. So my hope would be they have confidence those guys can come in and be legit starters if they, to this point, as we're taping this, have not done anything to address that room. You're telling me you're not high on Belshawn Phillips? Uh, or who's the other guy? Marcel, oh, Marcel Harris. Yeah, Marcel yeah. Harris. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not the highest on them, I would say. <laughs> so he went B minus for corner. Um, but the reasoning said the grades for B minus, but most of all these players are still unproven. The potential is there to get to an A um, by the end of the year. I couldn't agree more. I think B minus is fair. Again, only because do we really like as much as I think sauce can be really good. We, we still have not seen sauce play. And other than that, they really upgraded one starter, right? DJ Reed is a very good player, but again, he's, he's almost relatively unproven as well. He's started to come on and hit his stride, you know, in the last 18 months, it's not like he's a five-year established NFL starter. That was amazing. He was in San Fran Masala, like, and wasn't playing. He obviously got banged up and then had a really good year. So I think B minus is fair. Again, I think this group has potential to be a B plus a minus group by the end of the year, similar to receiver. I think, it's just because it's very a very young group. Um, how about you? Yeah, I, I feel like if we did this a year ago, this grade probably would have been like a, a, a C minus. Yeah, C. it would have been like linebacker. Yep. So the, the fact that it is a B minus, but the chance for it to be, I mean, this group's an A if Sauce Gardner's legit. Like, I, I, let's just come out and say it. Yeah. This guy's a legit number one corner. They used the fourth pick in the draft on. All of a sudden, if he's your one, reads your two, and then you have Michael Carter, who played really well, I think kind of flying under the radar on this defense in the, the nickel slot position with Bryce Hall as your top backup. I mean, was the last time the Jets had depth like that in the in the corner room? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And then the last one, these are the two positions, obviously linebacker and safety. He went C minus. Jordan White is like is a is a plus starter. Um, just hard to trust anything else. Look, Marcus Joyner, fully healthy, is probably a league average starter. And that's fine. And I know he's a good leader and he's a good locker room guy. He has not been fully healthy in three years. Um, and everyone else in that defense, I, everyone else in that safety room is hoping amongst hope that they're surrounded by a lot better players that they're going to be able to perform. I would love more than anything for Ashton Davis to have a fully healthy training camp for the first time in his career and look healthy and fly around and be asked to do not that much and just kind of be a good player. I just, it's hard right now to, to feel like yeah. that's the case. Um, I like, I thought last year, Pinnock and Parks and, um, Elijah Riley at times, they did a serviceable job based on what they were expected to do. It's just tough. Like there it's that group. I, I think again, they're one player short. I think the only argument against drafting Bruce Hall would have been to draft a Jalen Petrie or 
Brian Joseph or any of these guys and like hope or Nick Cross and hope that they come in and start opposite Whitehead, but I get why they didn't. I like the Brees Hall pick. So C minus for this one, I think it's fair. I mean, maybe it's a C um, and you know, Joiner's good and it's a C plus by the end of the year. It's still not a great room outside of Jordan Whitehead. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like where linebacker maybe has some upside of some of these young players we were talking about pan out. I don't see a whole lot of upside with safety here. Like Pinnock maybe could be an average starter, best case. Like I don't know if he's going to be, you know, a, you know, a Kerry Rhodes for the Jets here, right? So, um, is safety's tough. I will say we know it's a non-premium position, and that's how the Jets feel about it. That's why they traded Jamal Adams in the first place. So you look at corner, that is vastly improved, and the edge rush room has vastly improved. You should be able to mask your deficiencies in, at safety, especially if you did spend money on a, an above-average starter in Whitehead and free agency. So I'm more concerned, I would say, about linebacker than I am safety, if that makes sense. No, it makes a ton of sense. And I think there was a world for a second there where it was like they were going to bring back Marcus May. And I was like, wow, this room's actually going to be pretty damn good. Marcus May and Whitehead is no joke. Um, Whitehead's going to be a huge key, especially in the run game. They play a lot of guys who run a ton of read option and Kate the ball and Lamar and Allen and – for whatever it's worth, Tua is a huge RPO guy. I know it's mostly to throw, but he does it a ton. So they're going to face it a bunch. Um, we'll finish with this. Three guys, and you can power rank it if you want to. I'll definitely uh, clip this and make sure you get ratioed on Twitter if you say something Jets fans <laughs> don't like. But um, top three guys you think outside of Zach Wilson, who is the obvious candidate, and you can include coaches if you want to, the top three guys that will move the needle for the Jets one way or another off their five-and-a-half win total. Oh, this is a great question. You know, obviously you said it, it's the quarterback. We all understand what Zach Wilson has to do from year one to year two. I would go Mekhi Becton, though. I would start with him. I mean, if he's healthy, this offensive line group, as we talked about in the show, this could be a top 10 unit. I mean, they have a lot of talent. They're one of the highest paid offensive lines now in the NFL. They got first round picks galore. And this fan base seemingly has given up on Beckton. At least some have. I haven't. I go back to him as a rookie and he played really well. He comes in maybe as the right tackle this year. That changes the complexion of this offensive line. So I would start with him. Uh, the second guy I'd look at is Elijah Moore because I believe in Elijah Moore. I think he's got 1,200 yard, you know, yardage a year potential. If he's healthy and builds on what we saw last year when he did play and really after the first couple games really found a different gear and, and looked like a legit number one in the NFL, all of a sudden you know, you're giving Zach Wilson a legit number one. Corey Davis could be your two, and you could work Garrett Wilson into this offense slowly. So I think you start with two offensive players that got to help the quarterback, Becton and Moore. And then you know, defensively, Look, I'm looking at Sauce Gardner because if he's really good early on, that changes your the complexion of your defense. So I'd go Sauce. If not Sauce defensively, to me, it's Carl Lawson. What is he coming off this torn Achilles? If he's a legit edge rusher, well, that helps your entire defense. Obviously, Jermaine Johnson could work in slowly. Quinn Williams could come on in a contract year and, and have a, a big-time season. So I know I, I know you asked for three. So I, my top three would be Becton, Moore, and Sauce, but – the, the possibility of Carl Lawson being an impactful edge rusher is certainly very near the top of that list as well. So Zach's obviously one, um, but we're not going to, obviously he's, it's a stupid argument. I will go Mekhi Becton one as well. Um, for a couple of different reasons, I think it's really important for this Jets team to get something out of this 2020 draft class. I think right now they've gotten virtually nothing. And even if, as much as we like to Bryce Hall's the one guy, he right now slotted in is probably their fourth corner. So not sure that, is really gone that well. So I'll go Becton one again, that run game to the right side could be super dynamic, help Zach out. I think it moves the needle for them in terms of if the floor is Mekhi Becton, 
being, you know, fulfilling its potential, that offensive line is going to be damn good and, and be able to control on a scrimmage. Two, I'm going to go Corey Davis, and I'm only going to – I would have gone Elijah Moore, but just to change it up a little bit, I'll go Corey Davis because if Corey Davis can just be what he was in Tennessee in 2020 where he was a really solid number two, can be that Decker to Brandon Marshall and in terms of just, you know, potential and things like that and slot in and being this reliable, bigger-bodied receiver that can help in the run game. If he's really good and, like, he's an 800 to 1,000-yard receiver with six or seven touchdowns and what we saw against Carolina, Tennessee to an extent – that's pretty good. And I, I think that that'll like seriously help this offense. It means Elijah Moore is probably getting a ton of one-on-one coverage or Davis is, you will see what happens. And you let Garrett Wilson kind of, as you said, with Elijah kind of string himself along and not be asked to do so much, even though I think he should be pretty pro ready. I was going to go sauce, but because you want that, I'm actually going to go. I don't know if I want to go the floor or I want to go Salah. I think the coaching staff is three. And I think this, they have to maximize what they get out of these guys. Like they yep. are, they are this well-liked, fun, energetic staff. They're now in year two. Um, they're all the same staffs retain. It's a lot of the same players on this roster in terms of like key positions, like again, quarterback, edge, and all these different spots. If LaFleur can maximize Zach, I think that's obviously a huge key. And build on what he did last year, not just the gadget trick stuff in the red zone we all liked and on third and 30 when they're you know, they have two wins against Miami. It's fun, but like, I want to see crucial games. There was some pretty shaky play calling as much as I love the floor down the red zone, especially um, I think of the Patriots game, the first one where they, or when it was like, they, they find a little bit of a chance. I think of the Bengals game where like, there's just, oh, there's a lot of trick stuff. There's a lot of crazy stuff happening. Miami, like weird play calling. Um, Got to fix that, especially down the red zone. That'll be a key. If the Jets can punch in a lot more seven pointers than three, they'll be in a good spot. And then from Salah, like, it's year two. Again, it's he's this well-liked, well-respected guy. He grew a lot throughout the year, I felt like, especially going forward on fourth down, when penalties, clock management. I just want to see that growth and, like, really taking over this organization and everyone embodying him and his energy every week and not getting, you know, I fully expect them to be as prepared as possible to play the Patriots this year. I could – there was every single person that was in that press room after, you know, they got blown up by 50 and Belichick really showed him up pretty badly. I thought in like pretty, pretty embarrassing fashion. And I, everyone's solid is literally heated right now. And like, as he should be, but I want to see that continue and actually trying to translate that. And, and I just think this coaching staff needs to maximize the talent. They've been giving a ton of pieces, investment and draft free agency trades, et cetera. Um, so getting the most out of them, I think is going to be huge. And if Sal is a guy that's, maximizes potential this Jets team is probably better off for it football your coaching staff matters it's not you know well I was going to finish I'll finish with a basketball question but I don't know that basketball coaches in the NBA do do as much as you know they manage some timeouts and, and plays coming out of timeouts and rotations but it's a lot of just managing the culture and getting these stars to play well I don't think the NFL is like that I think it's you gotta gotta do a good job week in week out you'll get embarrassed so I'll finish with this there's a lot of KD with the finals coming up. I believe they start tonight. Um, if not, they start tomorrow. The NFL NBA TV schedule, by the way, Adam Silver, you might want to fix whatever you're doing there because the ratings by the third quarter are ugly when you're starting finals games at nine o'clock that are going to be over by 12. KD and Steph are kind of, KD and Draymond, as usual, going back and forth. And all of NBA Twitter kind of chimed in. You had Marcus Smart saying they would have beaten the uh, Warriors with KD. Um, not sure why you make those comments. And then we have the KD versus Steph, who is more important to the Warriors. As a diehard Knicks fan who wishes both those guys were on the Knicks at one point and 
um, just a, a big time basketball fan. What are your kind of thoughts on the KD versus Steph stuff? Is like, do you think one or the other was more important to that, uh, that mini two year run there, three year run? Well, I've always felt Steph never got enough credit for like checking the ego at the door and welcoming Durant to a team that already won 73 games and had won a championship with him as the best player. So I've always respected that about Curry. I find him to be maybe the most likable superstar in the NBA besides Giannis. You know, I think Steph for a while had that title, and then Giannis maybe took that likable superstar title away from him. Um, so I've always respected Curry. I think Durant's the better player, but I- I've never liked Durant's decision to go to Golden State. Like, I always thought that was weak. You know, I, I actually respect him for leaving Golden State and trying to do his own thing. But let's be real, Will. I know you're a Nets fan. Hasn't exactly worked out well three years in to only one playoff series, and Kyrie leaves Boston, and Durant leaves Golden State, and these are the two teams that are meeting in the NBA Finals. So, obviously, we know Durant's one of the best players of all time. Curry, certainly in that conversation, and he's arguably the best shooter of all time. But I I think Durant's the better player. But Curry, I don't ever felt like got enough credit for being willing to play off ball with Kevin Durant and make that relationship work to win two titles. Yeah, they're probably the two easiest stars to ever play with in my lifetime, at least, or our lifetime. But they both don't need the ball to be good. And they, like, I know Steph doesn't really play defense, and Durant's, like, a good defender, but only when he can like actually defend the thing with Brooklyn has been a disaster because he's trusted the wrong people, um, putting your trust in two guys who notoriously flop when it matters in terms of either personality wise, getting hurt all the time. And a guy like Kyrie who is clearly undiagnosed bipolar and no one's going to talk about it. And I get it, but, um, he week to, waited day to day. You have no idea which Kyrie you're getting quarter to quarter. He just doesn't um, show up to work. I mean, the guy never wants to play. He does not want to play basketball. I first, mean, it's just... first quarter and that first game, game one against the Celtics, what do you have 40 something points? And then the rest of the series, he was a ghost. He got all upset and flipped off the fans and then stopped playing. And Durant's like, you know, whatever, there's a whole discussion we can do on that at another time. Cause Durant's playing 48 minutes a night in the regular season at 33 years old, coming off an Achilles is, a terrible recipe for then making him play 48 minutes tonight in the playoffs. Um, but I think the argument's a little bit stupid. I think it kind of tarnishes both guys in the sense like Steph is an incredible guy. He's going to could potentially win his fourth finals and, um, you know, doesn't get a lot of heat for the three, one blow, you know, you know they blow into LeBron, but I, I get it. That was like an Draymond should be fully at fault for that one. And, um, you know, obviously the stuff with Durant, you know, the Achilles obviously robbed him of potentially winning, you know, maybe he gets the six titles if, you know, that doesn't happen. So, Obviously, anyone that listens to my show probably listens to Jake, both on ESPN Radio, Jake Asman show on YouTube. It's pretty much daily Jets content, which is awesome. I've been on a bunch, you know, there's great people on there commenting. the super chats that are hysterical at times, <laughs> asking crazy stuff, but it gets your wild. Phone, Jake. Yeah, no, it gets wild, but it's it's good fun, and there's a lot of great guests on. I think you had, I believe you had Hoodie Allen or, or someone on the show uh, recently that was a, a big-time guest that I, uh, I, was, I saw you post on Instagram. So by the time this airs, Hoodie Allen should have appeared on the Jake Asman show. So be on the lookout for that on YouTube. He's a huge Jets fan. So we're going to talk about uh, his his fandom, of course, and you know some of the bangers he's put out over the last 10 plus years. Appreciate you hopping on. As always, make sure you're, you know, subscribe, tuned in, you know, if you want to throw a five-star review and, uh, you know, please do. That, uh, that always helps. And, uh, you know, you guys have been awesome. Um, you know, so in the last uh, 19 months here. So appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys uh, next week.